Kendall and Del Vecchio, and I'd like to welcome you to the Pet Loss Companion live chat with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. This is an opportunity for us to hopefully ex extend the reach of our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups, to a wider reach and to people who are maybe struggling with loss right now. So as we have this live session, feel free to jump in with a comment or a question and the same with the, with the replay. So if you leave us questions and comments, we'll respond to them at a later time and we'll use them to frame later conversations. Our subject today is, is my grief normal? And we're gonna start out, Nancy's gonna talk some about grief and what is normal grief. And, and then we're gonna have some, some questions that we have received, we'll address some questions that ask that question, tell us, they'll tell us a little bit about what particular people are going through. And we'll, Nancy and I will talk about okay. what we think in response to those comments and questions. Welcome tonight. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about grief. And when Ken and I would do the group over time, a lot of people would come in and the first thing they would say or whisper is, I think I'm crazy. And we would say, what do you mean? And they couldn't believe that they would grieve so much for their animal. And, and they would say, wow, this is, I didn't grieve this much for my parents or my grandparents or my sibling or my spouse. And they couldn't, they couldn't quite place why they were so upset and and in turmoil about uh, the death of their animal. Um, that's because a lot, in a lot of uh, situations over time, pet loss has been disenfranchised. And part of that reason is that we have kind of a law of thirds. Um, there are people who just don't like animals. So a third of the population, give or take, is just not interested. They don't understand the companionship or the friendship uh, of the relationship, and they're not really interested. They don't know how to, how to respond. One third of people like animals, they're great, but if something happens, they can more easily say, look, we're not gonna be able to you know, have our animal anymore or pet anymore, so we'll find a home for them because of such and such. Um, but then you have the third, which are us. Um, we love our animals. We are pet parents and guardians. You know, they sleep with us. We give them birthday parties. You know, they go with us everywhere. Um, and we take that responsibility, you know, to love them and take care of them until they die. Um, and that also goes back to, we just don't know how to grieve in our society. We're not very good at it. Um, you know, you have three days off from work and that's it. And that is obviously not the case. We can move well, for a period of time. Well, I'm gonna jump in and, and first of all say, hi, Wendy, it's great to see that you're with us. And people, I think, are unprepared for the degree of grief because they don't, they, they just aren't taking into consideration the intimacy exactly. that we have with her. They're, they're, they're with us all the time, every single day. They're the first, living being who greets us when we get up in the morning and they're always happy to see us and it's so uncomplicated and you know we touch them and we care for them and and the relationship is so 
simple in most cases. And even if our, we love our parents with all of our heart, but they're not part of our household often, or you don't see them every day, right. our, our friends, the same thing. And so there's a this big chunk of us that just disappears when one of our animal companions dies. They, uh, they get woven into the tapestry of our lives. You know, mm -hmm. we, we do, it is a very intimate relationship. And that's what we would tell people, right? It's the relationship you grieve. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's two legs or four, it's the relationship. And people don't, a lot of people don't understand that relationship because if, obviously if they don't have that affinity for animals, they don't get it. And then at some point we need, we, another time we'll get into what to say and not say to people who mean well, but say the wrong thing. So, so you're not crazy. Um, your emotions are valid um, and it ebbs and flows. It, it's it, in the beginning, you feel bereft, um, traumatized, like a black hole. Um, you've lost an arm. You have physical and cognitive and behavioral and emotional symptoms. You're miscombobulated. Um, you're sad and you're you know, in shock sometimes or in denial. Um, you can't get out of your own way. It, it's, it's a real uh, emotional bereft place. Now that then, you know, as time goes by, you know, that episode or those types of episodes are less frequent and less intense. Now that doesn't mean that you can't have an intense, you know, episode at some point because you may have a trigger. Okay, so you may have um, see something that reminds you of your cat, and you're like, ah, oh, or you hear a song, or it's an anniversary, or it's spring, and so. But it's a process; it's not an event, and it's important to realize that people grieve differently. Everything's everybody's unique in, in how they grieve. Um, but the point is, is that you will get through the process. It sucks. It's horrible. It's sad. It's, it's, it can be gut wrenching. Um, but over time you do work through it to kind of get to the last task is to kind of integrate it into your life. Yeah, that's the way it, I see it. It becomes part of your life story. It's yeah. something that doesn't always hurt as much when you think about it. I mean, as you were saying, a trigger for me is the song Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Whenever I hear it, I think of my little Jack who died a few years oh. ago and brings tears to my eyes. But I also think, when I think of him, I also think about how wonderful it was to have him in our lives. And you know, that's kind of the way I look at it over time that the pain gets balanced out by the, the really strong loving memories but mm -hmm. that's not the way it is in the beginning. And that's not the way it is at, at certain times when right. something, maybe the holidays, maybe their birthday, maybe the change of seasons. And, and I, as you were talking, I was thinking some people experience grief in more physical ways. They, yes. they can't sleep or they sleep too much or they are having stomach, they're having like their signature stress symptoms, mm -hmm. stomach problems or backaches or headaches and you know, sometimes they eat too much sometimes they can't eat and 
And how, how do you go forward when we talk about that? Like, what do you think? How do you go forward? Well, I mean, that's a good question. And the problem is that we need, to, we, we automatically go forward. I mean, we have to put one, one foot in front of the other um, because we're alive. You know, we are suffering and we're grieving, but, you know, it's, it's helping us, you know, in taking care of ourselves. Um, I think that that's, you know, one of the most important things. But the problem is you don't want to take care of yourself at that time. You don't want to eat right. You don't want to get up. You don't, you know, you don't want to talk to anyone. You are crying all the time. You isolate. Um, and so it's a very difficult balance to try to, you know, get up and to try to exercise or to try to eat right or to, um, you know, be gentle, you know, take it easy. Don't make any big, you know, choices or, you know, or, or decisions, you know, maybe changing routines help. You know, we've had, I had a couple who left their bedroom and slept in their living room for a period of time. I had someone who came in a different door at a different time so that he, his dog, who wasn't there anymore, he didn't, he, he did not have that exposure or experience. So it, it's also learning coping mechanisms. But you also don't want to share with people or you have to cautiously share with people because some won't understand well, and get harder. Yeah, I've had situations where people regretted sharing at work because their supervisor, after hearing how sad they were, thought that they were inept and mm -hmm. felt like there was something wrong with them, which of course is not true, but it goes to show you how differently people think about this kind of loss in particular Mm -hmm. And you have to be protective, unfortunately. So you want to get people around you that are supportive. And hopefully you do have some people that are supportive of you. Um, and so it's it, it's going to happen. It will, time will heal. And people don't want to hear that because they're too much in pain, right? They want it over. They don't want well, that pain anymore. Yeah, that that's very tricky because like you we're trying to give people that idea and that understanding, but it also isn't the kind of thing you'd want to say to somebody who just lost right. their pet. You wouldn't want to say, hey, you know, it's, you're going to feel better in a little while. Or you wouldn't want to say many kinds of things that people frequently do, like they're in a better place or oh, yeah. something like that, because you're, it really is going to come across as being kind of dismissive. And it's almost like you're taking care of your own feelings. It's just important to let people feel what they feel what they do. And we have a comment, Wendy says, is a sense of guilt that people feel because they're like, so they're laying on this judgment about how come I feel so badly about this. And one of the things that it's so important, it's such an important comment is we just have to be gentle with ourselves. Yeah. We have to be able to say, I'm not going to add layers of pain on top of the pain that I already feel. I'm not going to add layers of judgment, hostile judgment on top of what's already a very distressing time for me. It's we okay. To yeah, you have feelings. It's okay to have feelings. Yeah. Yeah, which is not an okay, which, you know, again, that's like, some, like some, to some people that's news yeah. <laughs> about much of anything. And, and so, it's, uh, it's something we have to, some people really have to do some relaxing in order to just 
be with those those feelings. It can be just very uh, it be so unnerving that they feel so badly. They feel so bad. And and unfortunately, that means how wonderful that relationship was. Sure, absolutely. Like as we've said, grief is the cost of having loved, yeah. and you may pay a heavy cost, mm -hmm. and that's part of living. That's part of loss. Is a, is is in. I I was told this as a young therapist, and I I've repeated it a number of times that loss is the elemental human experience. It is living over time means we're going to incur loss. And any relationships that we create are likely to incur, to become losses ultimately, because everything in life is not, nothing is forever. Nothing right. is forever. Well, maybe we can move and we can talk some about these, these questions. Okay. Uh, so, and some of them are, some of them are pretty severe. And, and challenging. This is kind of, I'll start with kind of a typical question. I cried my eyes out for about two days and then kind of snapped back to normal. My wife had been having crying jags for more than two weeks. Did I not love our dog enough? Is there something wrong with either of us? <laughs> and these are, these are such, yeah. such important things for people to get out right. and to actually say and then have a conversation with loving others about and and so i'll take us i'll just say look no you're both okay right exactly. this is the way we do this yeah. and and it, it, i'm actually in this camp of like when when one of my pets dies i tend to go like batshit crying and scream you know depending like i have a cat who i love dearly and when she died it was so unexpected and like tim had to come home I was distraught. I was on the phone talking about uh, the fact that she that she had died and and was digging a hole in the back and 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 then two three days later I tend to be sort of like I tend to sort of pull it back and and you know now and then and certainly I visit her grave it's out in my garden and and um, you know Diana well, was her name and Diana's with me I mean they're, they're with me yeah. That's the wonderful thing about towards the end of the process of grieving is that I tell people they're nestled inside your heart. Yeah, carry them. That's, that's where they are, and they will we never leave. Them. We carry them with us. Another one, and I've heard this one quite a bit, actually. I can't get the image of my dead cat out of my head. I uh -huh. keep seeing her the way we found her stretched out with her eyes and mouth open like she was in agony. First of all, is this normal to have that image? And what can I do to make it stop? Well, you're not, not going to have the image. Unfortunately, if, if when you see something that traumatic, yep. you're going to, you're, it's going to be seared in your memory yep. um, initially because yep. that's the last time you saw something you loved so much yep. that was, you know, so shocking to see, you know, them dead in that kind of situation or any time that they're dead, even in euthanasia, when you're planning it, yep. you know, when you see them that after they've died, you know, it's, it's, that's the last image that you have. Yep. Now that's not untypical. Yep. You will feel that. I mean, you will 
think, you know, see it. I mean, there's no way that you're not going to see it. And over a period of, of, of grieving, then eventually what will happen is good and wonderful memories will take over and that image will dull and yep. kind of move away. It'll, it'll, it'll recede in comparison, right? That's, right. Yes. And, 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 and one of the things that I've told people is don't fight the image. Right. Don't fight it because anything you fight gathers energy. Exactly. It will be and, more so. Yeah. And so don't, don't fight it. Just let it be and let your feelings be with that image that you have in your head and cry and talk about it. And at a certain point, one of the things I've suggested to people is that at a certain point, get out other photos mm-hmm. of your yeah. of your beloved pet right. and and let them kind of balance. Again, right. look, maybe build a scrapbook, maybe mm-hmm. look at you know uh, videos, something like that. But but the the first thing is, I just think let it let it be. Like it, as you said, it will fade. It will recede yes. if you just allow. It, it's part of the story. It will, and and the thing that we, that I think it's important to understand is, it will lose its power. Yes, it will lose over time. It will lose its power, and it'll just be part of the story of your your dear friend who who meant so much to you. It was so interesting because I had my how I got into this actually was my dog who was killed in front of me when I was 11. As you remember that story. And I can still see it as clearly as I was when I was 11. Um, When she didn't walk across, when she didn't walk with me across the street from the school bus, she hesitated. And when she came, a car hit her. And so now I still obviously can pull that up in my Mm -hmm. memory but she gave me something in her death that created what I'm doing now with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another, that's a great way to, to, to hold on to it too. That that it meant so much that, yeah. Yeah. And as, as you say that, I mean, I can, I can remember Kinky, a rabbit I had who died when I was eight. I mean, I can picture her in the hutch stretched out and I mean, it's, those things get seared into our brain you can't you don't have that emotional reaction no it's there there is a little hint of you know there's a hint of sadness you know i can conjure all of all of them but you know i just the way i can remember my dad i was with him when he died Mm -hmm. and i was with my mom moments after she died and and so all of all of that is is part of a life like that's my life story and over time and this is something that that you know i probably will say over over and again is old news, new news becomes older news. Yes, it does. And eventually it it just becomes part of the part of your story. Let me let me let me bring up another one of these. And this one is really this one is really crucial. We didn't see this a lot, but I think it it warrants. We've had we had a couple people who come to the meeting and thankfully they had somebody waiting for them. But they would talk about wanting to die. I mean, wanting yes. to be with their pet so badly it's that not they suicide. Hmm? Right. It's not a. It's not untypical for people that came in and would say, "I just yeah. want to be with them." I want and to be with them. I want right. to be with them, and and I want to. 
I want to say, first of all, that you want to take that seriously. You mm-hmm. want to take it seriously. And, and, then, and then it's important for the people who are around them to ask some questions. Uh, but one of the things I want to just put out right now is the, is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, because it always, it's always a good thing to know that this exists. And, the, and it's the following number. It's 800-273-8255, 800-273-8255. I'll add that and in a comment after the and after as, the as, a, as a person out there who is watching, yeah. you know, you're not being a professional. If you're hearing those comments, I don't want to be here. I want to be with my with my animal. Um, I don't know if I can go on. I mean, as a professional, obviously, this is what we deal with. So we know we have a way of kind of, you know, asking the right questions to see and assess that if, if that's the case. Um, but if you if you have any thoughts about a friend or worries about a friend, concerns about a friend, it's okay to get to get that. Yeah, and, and, the, and the one thing I want to emphasize, as I always do when I talk about this subject, is there there used to be a myth that when that if a person talks about wanting to kill him or herself, they're unlikely to do it. That the the person who does it doesn't talk about it. And the, the truth is exactly the opposite. The people who actually do follow through with self-destructive behavior have generally talked about it with at least one or more people. Mm-hmm. And so the, 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 the fact that they talk about it absolutely does not mean they're not going to do it, nor does it mean they are going to do it. It just means that those around them should take it seriously. Right. And they, they want to, to get them some support. And get them some support. Yeah. Get them, you know, ask them to, to get in contact with a professional who can help them evaluate what their level of risk is. We don't, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but let me, let me just go on. And, and I'll tell you, this came from a friend. I, I was taking a walk just a couple of days ago and a friend of mine, a friend of mine said to me, I'm dead inside. <laughs> I have, a, I have, I have had dogs, I've had cats and I love them to death. And then when they die, I'm just like, I just kind of go on. <laughs> Am I dead? No. You're numb. That's what you're half joking. And I was like, and of course I said to her, yeah, you, you, you are dead inside. You've got to do something about it. No, that's not what I said. Yeah, right. It's, it's, they're numb. They just can't feel anything. Yeah, it's, that's normal too. That's yeah. normal too. Some, some people go into a, this limbo place and kind of, they're, they're not able. Now, of course, we go into cultures, we go into families, we go, how do people grieve? How do they emotionalize? Right? So, Anglo, I'm, I come from an Anglo family. My, my, we didn't have any emotions. We were allowed to, you know. So how do you, how do we deal with with grieving as opposed to a family that's very robust and emo and being emotional and can, you know, access that and and be you know, demonstratively upset. So, but yeah, I mean, some people just cut. They sh- they shut down. They become numb. They don't know what to do with their feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I just got a note that the video paused and I, I hope it's back. I, I don't know if it is, but um, hopefully it's back going. Uh, it, it seems to be going live. Okay. So anyway, we'll, we'll keep going. So, um, so it, I mean, it's, it's, the way I look at that is we're all different. Yeah. We, we're all differently. There's no right or wrong. No. You know? There's never any right or wrong in how you grieve or how you feel or what you believe in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so and, one, 
one more. This is another one we've heard a lot. Our surviving dog seems to be grieving too. Uh, yeah. She mopes, she stares at our deceased dog's bed, isn't eating very well. Is she grieving too and how can we help her? Yes. Yeah. And that animal's gonna that that animal's gonna go through the same thing that you will, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I remember when Tashi died, this is way back many years ago, and Noelle would just go out and sit in the middle of the, of the lawn in the back, and she didn't know what to do because she would follow Tashi around and to to urinate, and, you know, and she just she just sat there, you know, she was, you know, confused. Um, and so it's very common for another animal to grieve, the one that's yeah. doesn't always happen. By any means, but, but sometimes it does. And, and the way that I think about that is, how do you help them? You love them. You support yeah, you them. Just love them. You give them extra attention. You you cuddle them. You you talk to them. You do all the things that would help anybody who mm -hmm. is grieving. And just like you said, I mean, that many animals will go through their own period just like just like people will, and it, it will look however it looks and it's interesting that the um the connection some animals have um the the day that that lulu our lulu was dying was going was dying actually um fred who was her companion for his their lifetime licked her all day uh -huh. he licked her all day he's he had never done that hmm. and he just sat and licked her and that night we knew that she had cancer and we knew what to look for and she had a seizure and she vomited and that was the indication that her cancer had spread to her brain. And so, but then we realized that that was kind of Fred saying goodbye to her. Mm. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, they, there's a lot more going on in animals' relational life and in their emotional life than we might very well give them credit for. I mean, to me, my experiences with many different kinds of animals tells me that they are so much more similar to us than they are different. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, grieving is normal. Emotions are normal. Be gentle. Let them be. If you repress them, you could easily become depressed. You know, um, and we don't, you, you don't want to, and you're going to be depressed already, but you can be more due to deep depression. Um, well, even that, that, um, that question, I think is a good one, Nancy, maybe the one we can sort of wrap up with. And, and in fact, I have that down here as well as something that was asked. And that is, I've been basically incapacitated for almost a month. Is this normal? And, and of course we need to know what incapacitated Men. It's real, that what it means, right? But the way that I always look at this is, if you cross the boundary of two weeks, when you have not been able to crack a smile and you have not had any moments of relief, then or you deserve, or yeah. been able to do anything. Yeah, then you do. Yeah, low energy. Then you deserve to see a therapist to be evaluated because grief looks a lot like depression, but depression is unrelenting. Mm -hmm. And if it the diagnostic the diagnostic criteria says that if you go two weeks without any any ability to rise from it to be roused from it, then the, then you deserve to get some some professional help. And there's and there's there should be absolutely no stigma for that. No. 
they, you need that's how that person can take care of themselves. Yeah. yeah. So, so we hope that you and got something out of this. Um, we are going to be here every Thursday at six o'clock for a half an hour with uh, Ken and I to answer your questions and talk about the process of grieving with um, our beloved animals after they die. Um, we'll go into other kinds of pet related topics, but you know, we would love you also to take a look at our book because it was a labor of love for us. <laughs> yep, yep. And and if you if you find this useful and you want to see the previous videos, or you want to listen to the the recordings there on Anchor and a number of other podcasting services. And also you can go to the Pet Loss Companion on YouTube and see these videos and some related videos as well. And if you find value, if you would subscribe, you'll be then kept up to date on, on what's what's coming next. So we look forward to you joining us and we'll look forward to talking with you again next Thursday at six o'clock. Be gentle with yourselves. Take care. Bye.